0: These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton, and we come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. right here in beautiful Southern California. And it has been beautiful lately. Uh, You know, we're just so darn busy. I, I barely have time to look up, but when you look up, those big puffy clouds make my heart sing. And uh, quite frankly, that's how I keep myself grounded because I'll tell you, lately, it just seems like human trafficking, sex trafficking cases, sextortion cases, you know, social media exploitation cases are just pouring out of the sky. It seems like I, I have... I just simply cannot catch up, and uh, I'm so grateful for Susie and Mona and the people that make this corporation happen because sometimes I'm the anchor about it. Sometimes I weigh them down because I get behind, and this has really been one of those weeks. It's just... uh, I've been doing this in the U.S. almost seven years now, and um, me and kids, by the way, is coming up on its 10-year anniversary. We started out of Cambodia, and uh, it's just simply impossible to communicate how much this business has grown and how many cases are out there. and First of all, what a great job Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force is doing, and not just them. I mean, many, many task forces across the U.S., but I'm intricately interwoven in this task force as I'm their training and outreach coordinator, so... I see the cases, and I see the work they're doing, and I see the complexity of what is happening, and, uh, you know, not too long ago, I did a, a whole show on scale and scope. It's not uncommon now to have a case with 22 pimps in it and a whole lot. He had a case with over 100 victims, and this last week, it seems like to me my heart is heavy as these victims are younger and younger. It's just 12 years old, 11 years old, you know, 14 years old. It's just, um, it is just really, really sad. Well, this this particular session is about how gangs are using social media. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, I, I feel as if I've done inadequate show prep on this. The subject is... So much bigger than I could have ever uh, anticipated. When I decided to use this subject, I did it kind of out of uh, maybe frustration uh, because we had an opportunity this last week. There is a, a wonderful organization of people that um, often ask and do work in schools. And so we arranged for a human trafficking presentation to parents. In a school that is a high gang school, I mean, there is no doubt about it. I, I know my business, and I know there are a lot of gangs and a lot of very busy gangs in that particular school. And almost none of the parents came to that particular school. Uh, for that session. Now, maybe it wasn't advertised. Maybe it didn't get enough out there. Maybe the timing was right. All of that doesn't matter to me. I always figure, you know, whoever God wants in the room will be in the room, and sometimes it's 1,700, and sometimes it's 700, and sometimes it's five, and whoever is supposed to be there will be there, and that's where I function from, but it occurred to me that there is some sort of naivete, if you will, some unwillingness to look at the reality of what is going on. And, you know, maybe maybe we don't have to, but I believe that it's very, very important to understand because gangs are using social media in ways that you can't imagine. I think the parents still look at gangs that if their child is starting to get involved with a gang, they'll see it. That'll be obvious, but it is not obvious these days because, like everybody else, gangs have IT guys. They have social media. They create games. There are gang games where you're in video chat rooms, where they're grooming you, where they're luring you in. They use games that are violent to do something like that. Gangs use social media to process their graffiti. They use it for recruiting. They use it for selling of goods. I'm going to go through these in, in this session. where uh, The one that I'm thinking of right now was the... Uh, I want to say it was the Dog Pound Gang up in Fresno. And they had their gang girls stealing credit cards and then using them for credit card fraud. And they had literally $1.4 million worth of revenue of income that they were doing through fraudulent credit cards. I'm talking about gangs using our gang, our, our kids to get involved in that. They use it to buy and sell guns. They use it to buy and sell uh, drugs. They use it to make. They rape. They gang rape people and put the videos out. The the um, some of your Asian gangs are known for making, uh, you know, highly pornographic video of of local girls and then selling them out through all those little stores that they have there. That happens. Um, They use it to commit murder, and I will go into that in detail. They use it so that they can disperse their organization. In other words, Uh, You'll have clicks that are built out, and they use it to communicate the same way as you and I do. They use social media to literally market the girls and sex traffic the girls in there. They use social media so that they can run sex trafficking rings inside the prison. I am not making this up. Uh, we will go into that. So, literally, they they will use this in many different ways. They use it heavily for recruiting, and so I want to kind of break this down. And it's turned out that there's just really too much. Um, information here for me. i I'm gonna have to pick and choose what I have here because it's so big. But one of the things that started this whole thing, when I do a research project, i I usually take it from top to bottom. I'm known for, doing my research and um, and one of the things that was fascinating to me was I came across an old article. Now I like new articles okay, 2018. I want the latest cases partly because I have been researching for 10 years, well that's a lie, More in the US 7 years, but I have mounds of cases so I want the ones that are on top so we take the latest ones but I have one here that is from 2013 and it caught my attention because I think to myself, did we listen? Did anybody hear what was being said? And 2013, this was published by the Justice and Public Safety Department. And it says right on here, most gang members use social media. The study finds this based on a study that happens here. They're saying that they use uh, graffiti, you know, in there. They use their, their, um, you know, websites. And many of these gangs have had websites now for at least four years. So, you know, this is, this is dead serious. It isn't like they're running and catching up. We are running and catching up. They know what they're doing, and they've been doing it for a long time. It says that graffiti, the traditional newspaper of the street gang, has long been used to mark territory and communicate messages. But today, gangs are also using social media to do that. It's Facebook, it's YouTube, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's Kik. Um, They literally are using this to spark violence on here. They have, and keep in mind, this is 2013, many of these kinds of of communications are back and forth dissing between rival gang members that, that come up and are recorded online. One such online rap war had a deadly effect in Chicago after someone shot and killed a gang-affiliated rapper. Uh, it says, much of the threatening and harassing words that gang members spew towards one another online may seem trivial, but it sparks all-out gang wars. Keep in mind, this is 2013. The reason I say this is because I think when you talk to your average parent, they're thinking, well, I don't really have to watch out for my kid getting involved in a gang because if they were, I would see it but they don't see what their child is doing on, cer- on social media. And so this is the danger of this. Uh, this particular study was referred to, was conducted in five large cities, and in just in 2013, gang members were using social media. About 80% of the gang members were using social media. So you know now they do this in their sleep, okay? They... Uh, will illegally download files, arrange drug sales, sell stolen goods, or post and watch videos of street fights. Okay, And they said on there that most of these people have their own website and social media pages. On the streets, gang members go online to monitor the movement of police officers and warn one another to give an all-clear when officers depart. They said one social media phenomena is flocking. Now, this is on the West Coast. It's a type of flash mob in which gang members text one another to show up all at once on a specific place to commit a a crime such as breaking into a home, or stealing from a business. So think about this. You know, they're casing your home, but only one person's at the front door. They're waiting to text people who are waiting a block away that you would never see. So they're able to assimilate and create crimes like this by being able to disperse each other but be instantly available. Uh, however, law enforcement is using this also to locate who they're hanging out with. So one of the challenges has been, and the, keep in mind this is 2013, we're still having this argument today, is what What level can the police department use to obtain evidence from cell phones without search warrants? You know, and it's really working against us. As many of you know, we're fighting Proposition 57. Many of these people that we're talking about here are very likely in California to get out early. For nonviolent crimes. And so it's a fascinating thing that we're using here because the bad guy can use all the social media, but our laws are limiting what law enforcement does. Do you know that when we subpoena somebody like Facebook, the Facebook actually alerts the owner of the account before they send the evidence? That is absolutely true. And now here in California, we have a law, SB 1322, that says we can't detain anyone for commercial sex. That is what you would think of as prostitution. We cannot detain anyone under the age of 18 for commercial sex. Because of SB 1322, if we can't detain them, we can't check their phone. If we can't check their phone, we can't see all the violence going on against them. We can't see who all the victims are. We can't see where they're going and where they've been. We can't see their back page ads. And we can't help them because police now cannot detain them and get that search warrant. Laws are working against us and the gangs are taking over. Stay with us, folks. We're going to be right back.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: you count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reese. Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Exploited.
1: Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about how gangs use social media and what that means to our kids. I come across this because I see gangs all the time using social media for human trafficking, for recruiting kids in. One of the stories that uh, was just horrendous that caught my eye, this is a story of MS-13 back east, and this was a August of last year, and it is the story of Damaris Reyes Rivas. And uh, what happened there, she is just drop-dead beautiful, by the way. She is just, well, I shouldn't use that term now. Excuse me. I'm That is really, really bad on my part. That's just a term I often use. But this girl is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, she could have been Miss. America. If she had wanted to, she really is a beautiful young lady. Anyway, what happened is is that she apparently got in a love triangle with an MS-13 gang member. And uh, so she actually got a warning from MS-13 on Facebook. And the attack was filmed and narrated as this happened. They told her she needed to meet with them. She showed up. This murder was orchestrated by a 17-year-old guy by the name of Jose Serrato. She was forced to take off her clothes completely. Can you imagine? She's 15. She's standing there in front of 10 MS-13 gang members who have sent her a Facebook message. She's thinking. Now, the reason why this is so important to me is Our kids do not understand the power of social media. She's thinking that she's just simply going to show up and negotiate with these people and promise never to do this again. But it didn't turn out that way. They had taken poles and sharpened them with machetes. They had knives and they stripped her naked and they stabbed her to death and they filmed it and they narrated it. And they used social media to transmit it back to El Salvador. She was killed in a public park in Virginia and then buried under railroad ties. My heart goes out to her family. She just is absolutely a beautiful young lady that absolutely did not deserve that. And as I was researching this, one of the stories that came up was that MS-13 is now connected to several disappearance of young girls in Maryland. And as you read this here, you see that, that um, not only is uh, Demarius Reyes involved in this violence as a victim, just horribly, horribly brutalized, but they lured her in, and the murder was caught on camera. What they're now seeing is MS-13 has lured in girls by promising them friendship and security, but then hold them against their will and sell them for sex. So you want to know how gangs are using social media. You see, this is the reason why I wanted to do this show, is at that school I was at last, this last week, I can guarantee you that there are many gang members who are luring in young girls there, pretending to be friends, pretending that they can make a rap video, pretending that they're going to make money, pretending that they're going to be important, and then turning them into sex slaves for the gangs. This particular article is talking about other girls in the same area that disappeared. In this case, it's uh, Lizzie Caledrus. I hope I've said that right. Um, Returned home after disappearing with her five-month-old son. 17-year-old Venus Er Erheta, I can't say her last name, disappeared, then turned up safe. There are many cases here. This is in Baltimore where Literally, what is happening is gangs are getting involved with this kind of thing. One of the things that social media is allowing gangs to do is to be able to operate out in small clicks, And I think that that's very, very important because we have a tendency here to think if we don't see it, it's not happening. But that is further from the truth. And this is the... um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. The phantom nature. That's probably what the word I'm looking for. The phantom nature of social media and gangs is that they can post, they can lure in our kids, they can pretend to be friends, they can pretend to be making rap videos and other things, and then lure in our kids. The other thing that and and so this idea of being able to be dispersed has really been championed by MS13. You know, you don't you don't see them like you know crimps. If you go to South Central or Compton or parts of Long Beach or Lakewood you, down in LA, you will see groups of them together, and they make a pretty powerful statement when they're all together. But they are together. They're just together on social media. And social media has allowed them to form individualized cliques, And that is the unique nature of MS-13 is that they are setting up in small cells across America, being managed by a leader that reports to other leaders, even though they're not seen together in person. And so we have to be careful in believing that this isn't happening because we have a tendency to believe that out of sight, out of mind, if, if we don't see it, it's not happening. The other thing that this uh, is allowing is money laundering on scales that we can't even imagine. Many of these people have Bitcoin accounts, and they get in there, and they will sell naked photos. One of the things I have been saying for quite some time, and you're starting to see to come to fruition, and I did a show on this not too long ago, is that you're going to start to see subscription services of, of sex shows being Uh, used out there by individuals that they control to generate money laundering for these gangs. I saw that. Now, if you don't know, if you don't follow me and kids, you might not know that the way that this all works is that they will meet a girl, they break them, and breaking them is just horrific. I mean, it's just horrific. I I always hesitate to go too far into it in case people are listening that have been traumatized in the past. But they, you know, they gang rape you. They gang sodomize you. They film it. They sell that film, by the way. They post some of those photos. They will pose you on places like Backpage and Craigslist and Sip and a whole bunch of others. But one of the things that you're starting to see now are subscription services on there. Not only do you have the address, the phone number to meet up with this person and not the address, the phone number, um, to meet up with this person. But they will say, hey, if you want to get a weekly download or a daily download of my, my sex acts, subscribe right here. Well, it didn't. I, I had been predicting this for a long, long time. Think about this. Uh, you know, you have a girl who's charging $20 a, a month to see her, photo, her uh, video. Now, you're assuming she's making that video of her own free will. But if she's owned by a gang, trust me, they make pornographic videos and they sell them. And they put them out even in the dark web. They sell them to pedophiles. They'll sell them to as, under, as pornography. And literally what we're seeing is somebody paying $20 a month for these online videos. What is happening? If you have 10 customers a day, that's 200 bucks a day that one girl is generating. If she, that over 30 days, that's $6,000. Dollars A month. And if you have a gang that has, let's say, 10 of those girls, that's $60,000 a month. A gang is money laundering based on videos of people doing pornographic sex. And so you are seeing money laundering in that kind of way in a huge way. Like all the rest of us, these guys use uh, social media to communicate. They use it to threaten people, to collect rent, to blackmail people, to sex store people. You know, they use it to set up the sale of drugs so that you're not seeing it out on the street with law enforcement as you used to see where you would go and, and um, they would do an undercover sting and, and like that. Much of this is now taking place on the on the web And so it's a fascinating thing because since it's kind of gone in social media and we already have a mental um, approach, a a psychological attitude about social media, so many people today – Especially people of ethnicities, and I'm not saying specific ethnicities, but, you know, many, well, in fact, I'll just be real blunt about this. We were talking about this in the school. Many of the parents of the kids in that school came over under the undocumented program. They came in, and they are wonderful, hardworking people, but they never had social media. They don't have computers. They're out there. Working 12 hours a day. And so their kids get social media off the money they're earning, but they don't have any ability to understand what is going on on that computer. And so the very computer that they are giving their kids are being used to come into their lives. I'll never forget one father. He told me he was he was a first generation migrant and his young girl was was violated. And he said in the backseat of my car in my living room. I sat by as another man came into my life and stole my precious daughter, and I did not know computers, so I did not know what to look for. She had hooked up with a gang member right there in these people's own living room on the device that this father used his hard-earned money to buy for them and she hooked up with him she went to the mall she was in love she it was a fantasy relationship this guy was a pimp over in LA he took her over to LA he sold her into the gangs and her life became living hell and she was only 14 years old so that is how gangs use social media they use them to recruit our innocent kids They reuse them to sound like love, to sound like a boyfriend, to sound like easy money, to sound like they're going to be famous. And then they end up selling them out on Backpage and selling their photos of videos of pornographic acts and selling them into other gangs. That is how this is happening, and we all are pretending it's not happening because it's happening in that vacuum out there we know as social media. Right before our noses, in our own homes, in the backseat of our car, just as that gentleman said, gangs can access our kids, and we don't realize it. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against that break. We'll be right back.
0: Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is brought to you by Me and Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, MillionKids.org. We are an organization in Southern California, a 501c3 public benefit, and yes, we take donations. Please, dear God, get people to send money because we do this night and day, and I might be the worst fundraiser you ever saw, but we live at your grace. Trust me. And we try to make it go as far as we can. We are a five-star, excuse me, I got that wrong, a gold star organization on uh, GuideStar. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, You know, I have another job. Susie has another job. Mona has another job. All the people who volunteer for us, they have other jobs. But we do this because we care. And we have been doing it nearly 10 years, and we make one hell of a difference, okay? Okay we are small but mighty. And if you ever want to donate to somebody that can make a difference with your money, please you just go to meandkids.org and send us hit that donate button and send us what you can. We really appreciate it. I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm trying to fight a tsunami with a fly swatter. You know, it's just amazing how much I've been doing this for years and years and years. I always joke I used to look like the person on the back of my book. I'm trying to write another book. I really am a third of the way through it, but the cases are just flooding in. I can barely get the time, and, you know, uh, we desperately need all the assistance that we can get, um, especially corporate assistance. I I have some ideas there that where we can partner with corporations and uh, and technology specialists, uh, all of those things that we need, uh, you know, out there. Okay, we're talking about gangs and how gangs use social media. It just occurred to me after this event this week that. We all have an idea that if we don't see it, it's not happening. And I want to tell you just how serious this is. So I'm reading from an article from last year, this time last year, February 1, 2017. This headline, Detroit Gangs Use Social Media to Post Hit Lists That Lead to Murders, Investigators Say. This article is by Kevin Dietz, okay, and the reporter is Derek Hutchinson. I want to give them credit because I'm using their work. Uh, But I appreciate their work on this because this is not easy to publish an article like this. It says uh, a murder hit list posted on Instagram was the final straw for law enforcement last year. And so uh, they put together a dream team of investigators and prosecutors to go after um, the danger with a message to change their ways or pay a price. It says the Detroit zip code 48205 is known by gangs as the red zone, referring to color of blood. That gives you a hint. A war is going on between the seven mile bloods gang and the six mile Chetta boys. The warring gangs use social media to post pictures of rival gangs they wanted to kill. So, you know, this is just one more way they're using social media. It says posting pictures on Instagram of people on the hit list you know shoot to kill on site. Said an investigator found that of the ten people posted now do you get what I'm saying here? They posted their hit list. So they're giving these people a heads up that they're gonna die. Said an investigator found that ten that of the ten people posted on one of the Instagram hit lists, only three of them escaped violent attacks. So, for us to pretend this isn't happening is really folly. Seven of them were shot. Four of them were fatally. The hit list was posted on Instagram, Instagram, okay? And and so, you can't make this stuff up of what is going on here. I want to also talk about a story that's in here. And I really want to see if uh, we can get this guy on our show here. Uh, I'm trying to find the date of this. A member of the – I don't see a date on this. But the headline on this is, uh, said. So the article first appeared on the Council of Foreign Relations site. It's by Jose Cabezas of Reuters. Okay, A member of the Barrio 18 gang waits to be admitted to the San Francisco Guterra Penitentiary April twenty first, 2015. San Diego, home to at least 91 gangs, is considered by U.S. law enforcement experts to be kind of a gangland. Gangland ground zero. Isn't that amazing? I go to San Diego because I love Tom Ham's lighthouse. I like to sit and watch the sunset against the skylight. And the city feels so safe and so pristine and beautiful. And here it is, literally the groundland is what they're calling it to 91 gangs. This article says that um, around the world, social and this this is an interesting article to me because when you think mom and dad of gangs or you know. Some of you social workers and people out there, you think of gangs, you're thinking, you know, your little local gangs, the guys with the baggy pants and the rap music and like that. But this is not like this. This has become very, very sophisticated. Now, we know the Dog Pound Gang and the Bulldog Gang up in Fresno, you know, they were, well, the Dog Pound Gang, they were kind of a local group with the baggy pants and thugs like that. But they were preying on foster kids and homeless kids. And, yes, they were using social media to. To do that, and if I get time, we'll get on to that case. I have too much material today, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, but what I want you to see is this is also international. So, what you're hearing, especially if you're a mom and dad out there, is if your child's on social media, they can easily get snafu They can easily get sucked in. You may have the most brilliant child in the world, but they do not have the cognitive depth to be able to analyze really who was on the other side of that equipment. And so to hand, especially a 1911-year-old child, one child of these devices, and hope and pray is just falling. So around the world, social media is being colonized not just by extremist groups like ISIS, but also by cartel gangs and crime syndicates. Cyberspace is offering up new ways for gangsters to fleece unsuspecting victims and coordinate their operation. There is growing awareness of how gangs are using social media to intimidate rivals, recruit members, and sell drugs into Brazil, El Salvador, and Mexico. But the threat from digital gangs is closer to home than you might think. Now, before we do this, I want to remind you of a, of a case that I talked about just two weeks ago when I talked about sextortion and social media recruitment. In this case, this girl's name, uh, I forgot her name now. She was only 13. She lived in Katy, Texas, and she had met a guy who was 29 in Mexico City. And literally, she left her home. She did this. Her folks weren't aware. She was going into the public library and borrowing iPhones. And she connected with a guy from Mexico City. She's 13. And in there, he's Daddy, and she's Baby Girl. And in fact, her notes will say on there that Daddy owns my body and my soul. I'm Baby Girl. Daddy owns my body and soul and he had connected with her through social media now this girl made her way from katy texas to the border she sucked in an innocent lady who had no idea gave her a story about how she needed to get to mexico city to connect with her parents and the lady gave her the money and she took a bus from mexico from uh, the border to mexico city she's 13 going off to see daddy cuz she's baby girl now I share this story with you folks because for parents to put a 13-year-old girl on there and not see what she's doing is really frightening. It would never have occurred to these parents that their little baby girl could end up in Mexico City with a 29-year-old gang member, which is exactly what happened? So, what this article is saying is that San Diego is home to 91 gangs with more than a dozen ethnic groups, and the police have documented over 7,500 members of 158 gangs spread across the county of San Diego. They're amplifying their power and their prestige. In other words, they are spreading out their effectiveness. They are reaching people they would never reach. They are controlling people they would never control. And they are money laundering and fleecing money out of innocent people all over America. It says that some gangs have in San Diego have signaled their partnership with places like L.A., Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, New York, Phoenix, and Washington, D.C. And some are connected to the U.S.-Mexico border, to Guatemala, to El Salvador, Colombia, Uruguay, and Argentina. Do you start to see my concern here? I don't believe in melodrama. I don't. We do not have to exaggerate anything. We do not have to go on the air and talk about the number of times a girl was forced into sex to get attention. This thing is dead serious, mom and dad. i got to quit using that word because it is reality. I use it as a figure of speech, and I'm, I'm now chastising myself for the second time. I need to quit using it as a figure of speech. It is reality. Our children can be hooked up through social media to extremist groups, to gangs, and to gangs, local gangs, and and large-scale gangs that are connected all over the world. Our research, this is this organization that's talking here, our research shows cyberspace creates strange bedfellows and this is Jose Cabiza talking here it says that some of the san diego groups collaborate with competitors such as the black disciples in chicago costa nostra, costa nostra in us and italy gs9 new york los negros and the medellin medallion excuse me cartel can you imagine that your child can go on there And they think they have a newfound boyfriend, and they think that they're really hot, and they're going to meet up with this guy, and it's some guy that's connected to a gang in a foreign country. We need to take our blinders off. This is digital collusion. The Sinaloa cartel and some of the affiliates are using social media and encrypted messaging to coordinate offline operations. We need to stop and get sober, folks. We cannot afford to sit around and pretend this isn't happening. So many people today, they don't want to hear about it. And I get it. There's a lot of bad stuff going on out there. All you have to do is listen to the news between CNN and Fox. I get a headache, you know. However, this is our kids. This is our kids' future. This is not only our kids, this is our grandkids' And their kids, we must sober up. My name is Opal Singleton. The show is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity, and we're up against that break. We'll be right back.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: It's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at 15 dollars plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about how gangs are using social media and the danger of not understanding how important this is. And, you know, I, I've done so much research on this. I want to share with you a case that was extremely disturbing to me. And it is going to appear on our what we call an e-card, a promotional card here. Uh, there is a story that was very, very disturbing to me. Uh, over here in L.A. Uh, for a lot of reasons. And this is a story about, um, she actually gives her name. She is a victim, 18-year-old Bianca Mendoza. And I'm trying to find the perpetrator's name. I should know it by heart by now. Uh, he goes by Shy Boy. Um, can't find that guy's name right now, and it'll come to me here in a minute. Uh, what Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't know how you say this. Guizar, G-U-I-Z-A-R is his name. Um, I know he got 31 years, and that isn't enough time. This guy is just like really, really. Oh, here it is. Ariel Guizar, G-U-I-Z-A-R. Anyway, uh, I saw this uh, story, and it, it occurred to me that, and so when I decided to do this show, I wanted to end with this story because I want to bring it home to parents, especially and first responders, why this matters. You know, you can, you can talk about the Italian drug cartel. You can talk about the Mexican mafia. You can talk about all the stuff that's going on in Detroit and, and uh, some of these big gangs. And you say, well, yeah, but that, that doesn't have anything to do with my child. So, you know, why, why do I care? Well, we do care. Okay, Because here is a, a typical example of why we need to care. This girl, uh, first of all, our guy, is uh, he's got an unusual tattoo. Uh, it's got uh, what looks like M19 above the left eye. I think that's the left eye. No, yeah, left eye. And then a shark above the right eye. Now, I don't know if that's part of the Colombian drug cartel. Nobody's talking. I did some research. It seemed to me to be that. But he was a, a pimp out of uh, San Jose. And what happened is that uh, Bianca here, uh, at the time she was only about 15 or 16 Fifteen, I believe. She is beautiful. Really, really beautiful. And so what triggered all of this in my head is that she was making this video for Fox News. Now, I usually like Fox News. But I have a lot of problem with this particular interview. And uh, it was done by Christine O'Donnell. And I'm not not a fan of it. I, I absolutely will not. Uh, approve of this in any way. The reason for it is that she is on the air right after this all happens. And to me, that is like dead wrong because what about the prosecution? On top of it, to me, she appears to be in PTSD. She is showing almost no range of emotions. In fact, she's giggling and laughing through this interview. And that tells me she should never, ever have been on the air, and especially as long as she is. Having said that, sometimes we will use this video to, especially for law enforcement, to see how they react. Because she, um, this is on YouTube. Uh, I believe it's called. Uh, I saw my e-card. I think it's like a, uh, a teen tells her story or something like that. Teen sex trafficking victim tells her story, and it's also on my, uh, on my, uh, on my uh, archive accounts. Uh, So if you want to see it, Um, she chose to make it public. So I'm choosing to use it for good because I don't believe that it was used for good at the time. And it needs to be used for good if we're going to have that out there. But it says what happened is she escaped from a man uh, who pimped her out for years. Police arrested him days after she ran away, saying he was trafficking three girls, including a 15-year-old girl. His name is Ariel Guazar. And he's charged with pimping, a minor, and pandering forcible rape, along with felony drug and weapons charge. This guy gets out early on Proposition 57. I think I'll just go nuts. <laughs> anyway, this is down in Orange County, California. And uh, this guy was known as Shy Boy or Shy or Shy 119. And she goes on, I I just call him Shy the teen tells us she first met him on Instagram when she was 15 years old. Now, keep in mind he's a gang member who's recruiting naive young girls just like her. And so she fell prey to this cuz she's searching through Instagram. The teen tell ta- I'm not I'm not holding her responsible. She's only 15. However, they are using social media to prey on thousands of girls just like her. The teen tells us she first met him on Instagram. I came across his tattoo page on Instagram and he started commenting on mine and we started exchanging pictures of tattoos and pictures like that. Uh, she had been in and out of the court system. She ran away from her mother's home. Uh, she agreed to meet up with the 33-year-old man. Now, one of the things I really want you all to hear loud and clear is these gang members are not your punk rockers that you see out here that are 14, 15 years old in their baggy pants. Now, some of them are, but many of them are seasoned gang members who are 32, 35, 45, 28, and you know, you have a little 15-year-old girl who is still getting all of her cognitive thinking together, and here she is up against a 33-year-old guy who lures her in. She soon learned the situation was not what was expected. Once I met him, he said he would have uh, uh, he would have sex with other girls in front of me. And I said, well, uh, okay, it's not like how I thought, but... You know, then he had me go with his friends to the hotel room and they had them do whatever they wanted to do. And I told him about it. He didn't care. It was the same day in a motel when he says she first started prostituting for him. The first time I worked for him, it. Probably have five to eight guys a night. Uh, He sold her on Backpage. So what you're learning right here is gangs have Backpage accounts. They have Craigslist accounts. They have all kinds of pornographic sites that they're selling. They have subscription services. They have pornograph that you buy and look at that they're doing. Shai told me that if I had anybody come uh, and pick me up, that he would kill me before they took off with me. This is a gang member, our girls went on, our 15-year-old girl went on, found him, liked his tattoos, and the next thing you know, she is being trafficked in the most obscene way. Her life will never be the same, but what I told you here is, as that man said, in the back seat of his car, in his own living room, gang members came in through social media, accessed their child. And recruited her. Now, that couldn't happen unless the kid was on the Internet with him. So, this is a two-way street. We have the fight of our lives, folks, for our children's soul. I'm asking you to come along with me. This is Opal Singleton at Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Please follow Million Kids on Facebook. Follow us at MillionKids.org. If you have it in your heart, please go to Million Kids and donate. Write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at me and kids. And this is the end of the show, folks. Please stay with us next week at 7 a.m. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you next week.